Hey, I want to welcome you here to Big Valley, especially those of you that are visiting with us, and welcome to all of you that are watching online. We're, we're glad that you're, uh, you're with us. Uh, the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 3. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than anything we could ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. So the Holy Spirit fills our brother Paul. And so the Holy Spirit wanted us to know something. This is an unbelievable piece of data that God gives us here. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than anything we could ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. So here's my question. You believe that? Do, do you really believe that God can do anything he wants, anytime he wants, to anybody he wants? And just let that kind of settle in. This is, the, this is the moment for you and the Holy Spirit to kind of wrestle around with each other. Do you really, do you really believe that? Well, the woman in our story that we're gonna look at tonight really, really believed this. And you're gonna see it playing itself out in her life. It just wasn't, yeah, 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 yeah come in, yeah, I believe that. But she, really believed it to the degree that she's gonna take some, some action that's just really, really unbelievable, unbelievable. So if you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter five, okay? If you don't have a Bible, all the verses are in your program. They'll come up on the jumbotrons. They'll come up on the, uh, on the computer screens at home and, and all that kind of stuff on your, on your uh, computer or TV or whatever it is you're watching this. Mark chapter five, look at verse 25. And it says that a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt her in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples said, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear told him the whole truth. And then Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now there's a whole lot in this little, this little story, this little vignette of the life of, of Jesus. And uh, I'm only gonna be able to tease out just a couple of things, but I hope it's a real blessing to you. And the, the first one is this, the first major point, and I got two major points is this, is that life can be, can be hard at times. Life can be hard at times. Look again at verse 25, okay? A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to, 
pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Beloved, there's no doubt that this woman had some knowledge as to who Jesus was, otherwise she wouldn't have, you know, did what she did. She had a belief that Jesus was able to heal her, but she also had a lot of things that she had to deal with in her life. A lot of things that could have easily discouraged her in life. Beloved, I've known good people who've had a great desire to grow in their faith, right? They had a, a, a real desire to deepen their relationship with Jesus. Then some, some bummer happened in their life and it rocked their world. It caused them to question their faith. And in some cases, it caused them to totally blow God off. They quit coming to church, right? They quit reading their Bibles. They quit praying. But not this woman. It could be that for whatever reason, you haven't been in church in a while, and tonight here you are. Maybe you came for the baptisms, which were just fantastic. Maybe you're watching at home, and the reason why you don't want to show up here is, you know what, you, you, you're going through a difficult time. Life has kind of kidney punched you. And so you know what, you just kind of quit reading your Bible, you quit coming to church, you quit praying. Jesus said this in John chapter 16. I, I often tell you it's the weirdest promise that God ever made. And there's a lot of promises in this book, a lot of promises in your Bible, a lot of unbelievable promises, promises that most of you have at least one or two or six memorized. This is one that we don't tend to memorize, but it's a promise nonetheless. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise that this side of glory, this side of heaven, the standard equipment of life is you're gonna have trouble in your life. You're gonna have trouble in your marriage, you're gonna have trouble in your family, you're gonna have trouble in your career, you're gonna have trouble in your business. It just, it just happens. It's like when you go buy a new car, the standard equipment is you get a steering wheel, you know, brakes and seats, it's, it's just a part of life. And Jesus said, here's the deal, Christian, it's a part of life. It comes with kidney punches. It, it comes with trouble. Now there's gonna come a moment when we all get to glory and that promise won't be true anymore, but right now it is. This side of heaven, there are lots of troubles. Many of you are struggling right now with something huge. And maybe like this woman, you've been struggling with it for years. Maybe you're sitting here and you're just going, wow, I didn't even realize that story was in the Bible. I've been struggling with something for years, maybe a decade. Maybe like this woman, it's been 12 years. Life has been kidney punching you. And you're just beat up, just beat up. Here's the deal. When you're struggling or suffering with something, when, when life is tough, it can be difficult to, to trust God, can't it? I mean, you wanna trust God with your struggles. You, you wanna believe that God's gonna help you through whatever painful situation you're in. You wanna have faith when you're suffering, but there are all these things that get in the way at times, and we see a number of them in this story. In fact, let me give you five, just, just, just real quickly. N number one, when when you're not in fellowship with other believers, it can really mess up your faith. 
Verse 25 says, and a woman was there. Beloved, this woman's been sick for 12 years, and apparently there wasn't one other person there to help her get to Jesus. She's alone. Now, obviously, she was strong enough to overcome this in her life, but it's never a good thing to not be in fellowship with other believers. As good as this is, and this is a good thing to come and, and, and you know, hear the word proclaimed and you know, sing songs and all that. This is a good thing. God wants us to do this. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> if this is the only thing that you do throughout the week and as it relates to your, your walk with the Lord, you're in trouble. The faith is more than just sitting in a chair and looking at the back of someone's neck for an hour and a half. God wants you to do life with others. It's one of the reasons why we do our men's ministry. So that guys can gather together and they gather in this room Monday nights, Tuesday mornings, they sit around tables. And yes, they get into the word, yes, they sing some songs, but they're building relationships with one another. They're becoming friends, they're, they're fellowshipping together. Our women do the same thing. Our kids, our youth do the same thing. We've got all these small groups and a part of it, the, the reason why we do all that is because as good as this is, God wants us to do life together, looking at each other in the eyeballs kind of a thing. The wisest man that ever lived said this in Ecclesiastes chapter four. He says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed if one person fails, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And beloved, two are better than one. You, you can accomplish much more when you work together with someone else. If one falls down, there's someone there to give you a hand. If one gets depressed, there's someone there to be an encouragement. When one is cold at night, there's someone there to add warmth. If somebody's confused, someone's there to bring clarity. If somebody's been sick for 12 years, there's somebody else there to give comfort and help you get to Jesus, you see? In fact, one of the things that concerns us here is that we know that there are many of you, and you're sitting at home right now, whether it be on a computer screen or that you've tapped it into your television, and you're sitting in that room all by yourself. Now, we know that there's a lot of people that are crowded around a lot of those TV sets. We understand that. But we also know that there are some of you there, and you're all by yourself, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Now, I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you're hearing the word and all of those kinds of things. But let me tell you something. When you're not in fellowship with other people, man, it, it can really mess with your faith. It's always good to have someone in your life when troubles come. Two are better than one. Even Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. He didn't send them out all alone. He made sure that they had somebody else with them. Listen, when you're all alone having to deal with some bummer in your life, it can mess with your faith. Number two, the second thing we see in this gal's life is this, is when your circumstances don't change, it can mess up your faith. 
A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This is a big one. When you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and your circumstances don't change, it's easy to get mad at God, isn't it? It's easy to stop trusting God. God, I've prayed for my husband's salvation, you know, for 12 years. It's been so long. God, I've, I've prayed that you'd relieve me of this depression for, for 12 years. It's been so long, God. God, I've prayed that you bring a man into my life for 12 years. It's been a long time, God. I'm lonely. God, I've, I've prayed that, that I'd be able to have a baby for 12 years. We've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed. Man, it's been a long time, God. God, I've prayed for 12 years for, you fill in the blank. Maybe it hasn't been 12 years, maybe it's been a year, maybe it's been two, maybe it's been five, maybe it's been 20, maybe it's been 40 decades you've prayed for something. I prayed for my dad's salvation for I don't even know how long, just 20 plus years. And he wouldn't come to church, and he wouldn't come to church. He really didn't want anything to do with church. And, and I have a, a picture in my office where he is being baptized. The first picture, he's starting to go under. The second picture, he's under the water. And the third picture, he's out of the water. He used to come right down here before he passed away and sit right down here in the front row. And he'd bring his little... Uh, I don't know if my, my, my stepmom's here, but she, he, he'd bring his little green A's pad, you know, when you sit in a chair, you know, and he'd come down here and he'd put his little pad right down there and he'd sit down. As soon as I got up here, man, he'd be out cold. He'd be sleeping. <laughs> so, so, it was humbling. It was very humbling. Yeah, your, your old man doesn't even stay awake to listen to your sermon, man. He's just... And some of you remember those early days when we started Saturday nights because the sermon would get over with and he knew it was over and he'd stand up and go, hell of a sermon! That was a hell of a sermon! <laughs> and he'd, he'd walk out, man. He's like, yeah, all right, okay. Now kids, I know it's not a good thing to use words like that, but that was, that was a reality. Was a, Dad's an old sailor. That was pretty good for him. He was somehow worshiping the Lord with those words. Have you ever asked God why it's taken so long for him to answer a prayer? Have you ever asked God why he's making you pray so many times over an issue? I want you to know I have. In a respectful way. God's okay with that. He already knows it's in there anyway. There have been many occasions where I've just asked God over and over and over and finally just said, hey, God, look, I know I'm, you know, your, your slave. I know that. And you're God and I'm but your subject. I, I understand that. But you're a good God. So I just want to know why. Why is this taking so long? Yeah, he's okay with that. He doesn't get freaked out because you ask him a question like that. Listen to me carefully, just because you've suffered with something for 12 years doesn't mean you're gonna suffer for a 13th year. 
But you might. You might. I don't have a crystal ball. But just keep praying. Keep at it. And if you have to suffer for a 13th year, you know, God's word says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that God says, my, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Beloved, Paul had some problem in his life, and the Bible says that he prayed and asked God to take it away. In fact, the Bible tells us that he prayed on multiple occasions, at least three different occasions, and God said, no, Paul, I'm not gonna take it away, but I'll, I'll give you the strength and the power you need to deal with the problem you're facing. My grace will be sufficient for you. And so for some of you, I wish I could tell you, you know what, if you suffered with something for 12 years, you know, you're not gonna suffer with it for a 13th year. No, I don't know that, you might, you might. But God would say to you, look, my grace will be enough. You trust in me. You keep trusting in me. I believe, one of the reasons the stories included in the Bible is to encourage you not to give up when life gets tough. When the circumstances of your life don't seem to be changing, this woman's story just screams, don't give up! Don't give up! Keep going, keep going, keep going, don't give up! Great story. Now, now the third thing that can mess up your faith is, is this, is when you've been disappointed over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It can mess up your faith. A woman had been there for 12 years subject to bleeding. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. Beloved, some of you can, you can relate to this, right? I mean, you've been to doctor after doctor after doctor and there's been no relief from your suffering. You've been to specialist after specialist after specialist and there's been no relief from your suffering. You've taken more pills than you know what to do with and still you sit here today in great pain. I know, some of you come into the altar room on a regular basis for the same thing. And we just do exactly what the Bible says, we just keep praying for you. We just keep praying. Some of you have seen counselor after counselor and still your spouse refuses to make the changes that will you know, help save your marriage. It seems like nobody can help you and it's just been super disappointing. Beloved, if this is you, I've got some good news for you. You may have been disappointed with the circumstances of your life. You know, doctors may have let you down, counselors may have let you down, your spouse may have let you down, your parents may have let you down, your kids may have let you down. I know for a fact I've let you down but God will never let you down, never, never. You can trust him. Now God doesn't always do things the way you'd like them to be done or in the time frame that best suits you, but I've found, as many as you have found, that God never disappoints, never, never. When you've been disappointed by the circumstances of your life, don't be afraid to keep going back to God and tell him how you feel. I promise he won't let you down. He never gets tired of having one of his children come and humbly just pray, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. Let this woman be an example to you. Even though she was disappointed, she still reached out to Jesus. Uh, number four, 
When you've run out of resources, it can mess up your faith. This woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. She ran out of money. <laughs> spent all of her you know, life savings. Didn't have anything more in a 401k or 403b, man. Spent it all. She had no more resources. Now I know that there's a bunch of you that can relate to this. I mean, some of you have spent all you have and you've come to the end of your resources and you feel like God really can't fix your problem. You're not even sure you can believe in him anymore. Beloved, let me, let me give you some good news. When you finally get to the point in your life when you're ready to give up on God, it's one of the most significant moments in your life. You see, at that moment, the moment that, that, that you're, you're at this crisis point, in that moment, you, you can basically make one of two choices. Okay, number one, you can choose to blow God off, and many people do. 30 years here at Big Valley Grace, uh, a lot of people have gotten to that moment where the troubles of life, the, that promise that Jesus made is just, you know, they've just been hammered by life, and they finally get to this moment where they just go, I'm done. And you don't see them in church anymore. They'll even say crummy things about church. They're not reading their Bibles anymore. Not praying anymore, just done. Just totally done. Or number two, you can choose to believe what the Bible says is true. That God will never forsake you and continue to trust and have faith in him and that he'll give you the strength you need to get through the next day or even the next hour or whatever. Those are basically your, your, your two choices. I'm going to blow God off and just say, I'm done with it. Or the Bible says God will never forsake me, never leave me. Which one? What, 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 where, where am I going to go? So you get to make that, that call. And guys like me and, you know, guys like Rich Sasser and, and Gretchen and the women's ministries and Tim and the youth ministries, we're all there to try to help you make the right choice, you see. We'll encourage you to keep trusting in the Lord, but you're big people and you, you get to choose what you want to do with your life. And so some make the choice to go, I'm done. Look, I found that in my darkest hour when everything seemed to be lost, when I said to myself, God, I, I, I'm done. I don't have the strength to go on another day or another hour. I'm out of resources. I'm completely empty. I'm completely broken. I found that at that moment, God shows up in my life with the strength that's way beyond anything I could muster up on my, on my own. I've seen that. And I know that if I were to put a microphone, you know, a couple microphones around here, we could have a great night tonight of allowing you to go to a microphone and allowing you to give testimony of how that was true in your life. That just when you thought, man, this thing is over, God showed up. Something amazing happened. You, you chose to believe that God could do over and above anything you could think about or dream about, anything you could imagine. You believed it. And you hung in there. And God showed up in some unbelievable way. 
number five, when your situation gets worse and worse, instead of getting better, it can mess up with your, mess your faith up, right? Here you got this woman, she's been bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and she'd spent everything she had, and yet, instead of getting better, she got worse. I mean, this, is, this story just starts off like, like one of the bummers of all stories, doesn't it? This one's huge. Instead of getting better, she's getting worse. The more I, I, I looked at this woman's life, the more bummed out I got. I just felt horrible for her. She reminded me of a number of you. Things just kept getting worse and worse. They didn't even stay the same. Man, I just wish they would have stayed the same. If they just would have stayed the same, I'd be okay. It's a win. But they kept getting worse. And I sit in my office, just like some of the other pastors, elders, sit in our offices, and we just go, wow, Lord, we're doing everything. You, you know, we prayed for them. We've anointed them with oil. We, we just, you know, and God, we're just going to keep doing what your word said. We're just going to keep believing, God. And some of you just, it's like, wow. That can mess with your faith, can't it? When that promise that Jesus made that in this world you're going to have troubles and you just keep having troubles and they just keep piling up and they just keep piling up and man, I think things are just getting worse. This woman's a, a, a hero to me. Someday I'll meet her when I get to heaven. She had all these things that were going against her. Life had, had totally kidney punched her, yet she overcame them all. And because she overcame them all, listen to me, her life was forever changed. Because she didn't allow any of these things to bog her down and get her mind off of, you know, the goal, Jesus, her life was forever changed. So number one, we learned that it's not always easy to deepen your faith, it's life is hard, all that kind of stuff. Now the second thing that we learned from this woman is this, the second major point is, we learned that you actually have to take a step of faith if you wanna deepen your faith. You actually have to take a step of faith if you wanna deepen your faith. Uh, verse 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just, you know, as he's walking by, if I can just, just touch it, just touch it. That's all I need. Just touch it. But I got to touch it. It wasn't enough just to sit in her little apartment and, and do nothing and maybe pray. Or, but see, I, I got to get out there and if I touch his clothes, just touch it, something will happen. I believe it. This woman did three things. Number one, she heard about Jesus, right? When she heard about Jesus, see that? See that in our text? Number two, she thought about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and touched his cloak because she thought. See, she heard about Jesus, then, then she thought about Jesus. And those are both good things. But if all she does is hear about Jesus and all she does is think about Jesus and it ends there, we're not talking about her right now. It's the third thing she did. Because she does the third thing, 2,000 years later, in a podunk city called Modesto, California, I'm talking about her. 
This is where she demonstrates her trust or her faith in God. She actually reached out for Jesus. She took action. She took a step of faith. Yes, she had heard about Jesus, and that's a good thing. It's probably where it all begins. And yes, she thought about Jesus, and that's a good thing. You gotta think about this stuff. But it doesn't end there. There has to be the third step where you actually go, okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna take a step of faith. This woman was all alone. She had been sick for 12 years. She was getting worse, not better. She had run out of her resources. She had been disappointed by a bunch of doctors. Yet when Jesus came to down, she fought the crowd of people, believing that if she just touched him, She'd be healed. This woman took a step of faith, and in that moment, everything in her life changed. Everything. Beloved, listen, here's the deal. I say this all the time. Anybody can listen to truth. (laughs) It it takes no effort to sit in this room right here and listen to truth. It took no effort for the people in Jesus' time to sit there and listen to Jesus teach truth. Listening to truth, thinking about truth is easy. It is simple. Anybody can do it. You demonstrate faith in God when you act upon that which you've heard and thought about. That's the hard part. (laughs) Sitting in here and hearing songs and listening to me, that's easy. The hard part is when you get up And you walk out the door and go, am I going to do it? Am I actually going to believe what this book says? That's why I started this message with, do you really believe that God can do things that you can't even think about, you can't even dream about, things that you can't even imagine? Do you really believe that? My view of the American church is that they really don't believe it. They really don't believe it. Because if they did, their life would be different. Their marriages would be different. Their businesses would be different. How they chose to live their life would just be different. I think the American church, on a whole, loves to hear the word, love to listen to the word, We love to think about the word. Have a hard time getting up and actually living it out. Taking that step of faith where you say, I'm gonna actually do it, live it. Here's the deal. If the woman in our story had never fought the crowd and stepped forward and reached out in faith, believing that Jesus would heal her, Jesus would have walked right by her and the only thing she would have had was a bunch of really nice thoughts about Jesus and a 13th year of bleeding. Think about it. She would have stayed in her little, you know, apartment building and just had some nice thoughts about him and, you know, and all that. She would have had those nice thoughts to hang on to. She might have even drawn a painting about her thoughts. She could have wrote, wrote a poem about her thoughts. She could have written a song about her thoughts. And those would have been all great things. 
She would have had a 13th year of bleeding and a 14th year of bleeding and all that, but all she, that's all she would have had. It's not until she says, okay, that, that's it. I, I'm actually gonna go do something wacky. I, I'm gonna go out there and try to touch Jesus. The Bible tells us that the woman heard, the woman thought, the woman took action, and because of that, the woman was changed. Now let me, let me just ramble for, for a minute, if I, if I could. I got a few minutes. Um, I couldn't help but, but think what must have been going on in this woman's heart. I want you, if you can, to, to imagine you're, you're her, okay? You've been bleeding for 12 years, and it was probably menstrual bleeding. She, she, had, a, she had a problem in that area, and that's probably what the bleeding was. And for 12 years, you've suffered with this. And now, you're in this huge crowd of people. And there's Jesus right over there. I don't know, maybe you have your x-rays from all the doctors. You've got the CAT scans from all the doctors, the PET scans. You've got all your blood work over the 12 years. And you're thinking to yourself, look, man, if I can just get to this guy, I just got, if I can just talk with this guy for a second, I'll show him all the stuff and all the experts and all the stuff, and he can look at the, you know, I just believe this guy could, could, could help me. So if I can just get to him, maybe I can sit down over Starbucks, if I can get five minutes with him, I'll show him all the stuff. So she, I don't know, maybe she's got a big file folder, I don't know, maybe not. But imagine you're her. You're out of dough, you spend it all, and you're getting worse. The bleeding's getting worse. But you've been thinking about what Jesus can do. But here's the deal, the law forbids you from being outside in a crowd because you're bleeding. You're not allowed out there. The law forbids you to touch a rabbi because you're bleeding. This gal, this gal, this, this gal's got some trouble on her hands. Yeah, Yet she believes that, that, that Jesus can make a difference in her life. D do you chance it? I mean, he was a rabbi. What, what if he gets upset? What if he blows you off? What if someone makes fun of you? Man, I don't want to walk through the crowd and yell Jesus and make a big deal. What if people make fun of me? What if they go, man, you're, look at you. You're, you're a woman who's bleeding. You don't even belong in the crowd. Get out of here. Maybe Jesus will go, dude. What are you thinking, you unclean woman? You, you don't know. Maybe it would just be better to simply call out in a loud voice. Jesus, I'm unclean, I'm bleeding, but you know what? Maybe, maybe she could have done that. I sat in my office this week and just thought through all the different scenarios, all the things she could have done. But somehow she knew I gotta touch him. That's what I gotta do. She believed. 
this, this woman has some unbelievable faith. I hope you can capture this moment in your mind, what, what it must have been like for this woman, the fear that must have been in her life. She'd been hurt so many times. But she makes a decision that will forever change her life. She begins to step forward into the crowd. She begins to fight her way through the throngs of people. And I have this vivid imagination, you know, and I just imagine all the people, and I don't know, maybe she sees Jesus and there's this big crowd of people around him and she's thinking to herself, if I go straight at it, I miss. Okay, so, so he's moving. If I, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me. And there's Jesus, and she can, she can see where the, where the crowd is, where the paparazzi are, you know. And they're all coming, and she's angling, and this is going to be a close call. And I don't know, maybe she drops her files, and there's all of her, 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 her stuff, her, her papers, her, 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 you know, x-rays. And she doesn't care. She's got to get there. And maybe just... As he's walking by, obviously it happens in such a way no one really sees it all happen. I don't know, maybe she falls down. Maybe people are stepping on her and she's reaching out. She's just reaching, oh, wait, wait. Just for, it's just a split second. It was just a split second. She gets it. And what happened? What happened when she in faith reached out and touched Jesus? <laughs> she was healed immediately. Just healed immediately. It's done. But you know what's more important than the fact that she was healed? It's the fact that she didn't give up. She eventually died. Lazarus was raised from the grave. You know, you know he died. The woman actually is going to end up dead. Nobody lives forever. Oh, she was healed from whatever that was at that particular moment. But she's going to die any way you look at it. That's just, that's just sin. That's just what we get. We're going to die. So it's not so much the fact that she had been healed, it's the fact that she didn't give up. It's the fact that she took this unbelievable step of faith. And every time you take, take a step of faith, it deepens your faith. That's, what most, that's what's most important, not the fact that she was healed. I'm glad she was healed. But what's way more important in life isn't that somehow, you know, God, you know, heals all your diseases because at some moment you're going to die. He stops healing you. The great faith healers that are out there, when you think about them, you know, you see them on TV, they're going to die. And let, let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> the beautiful thing about this woman was she took a step of faith. She believed. Yes, she was healed. But the greatest thing was she just took a step of faith. Everybody look at, at, at verse 30. It says, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. So he, he, he turned around in the crowd and said, hey, 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 who touched me? Now imagine this, this big amoeba of people. 
And someone touches him and he stops. Hey! Hey! Who touched me? Now the disciples were going, dude, what are you, nuts? Hey boss, you got all kinds of people touching you. People are all crammed around you right now. What do you mean, who touched you? You know what's interesting? How come nobody else was healed that day in the crowd? A lot of people touched him. Why is it only one woman got healed that day? A lot of people were bumping into Jesus, giving him high fives. Whoa, you the man! Whoa! I'm sure Peter had his arm around him. Not a one of them were healed. But a woman who just barely touched the hem of his garment was healed. You know why? It all comes down to why it is you're touching him. A lot of people just wanted to be around him. This woman knew who he was. This woman knew he was the only way she was gonna be healed. She, 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 she just knew, if I got a shot, this is it. He's the only, he's the only guy. But here, here's the deal, I don't wanna go down that road. I only got a few seconds here. Who touched me? I just believe in my mind, she, she touches him. Oh, oh, I've been healed. This is unbelievable. And she's sneaking away. Who touched me? I'm busted. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I think she thought she was in trouble. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it possible, you know, to become the San Francisco Bushman? <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of, kind of walk down the road and maybe nobody will notice. Who touched me? I, I think she's thinking, man, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm unclean. He's upset that somebody unclean has defiled him. He's angry and he's, gonna, he's just gonna let me have it with both barrels. And I think there are a lot of people out there who think that that's exactly what Jesus will do if they reach out and touch him. He's gonna let me have it with both barrels. If I come to him with the stuff in my life, he's gonna let me have it with both barrels. I, I don't live this great, perfect Christian life. You know, I, 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 I love the Lord, but I, I, just, I just blow it at times. And I know if I come to him, I know if I go to Rich or I, I go to Rick or I go to one of the pastors and say, help me. If I go into the altar room and say, help me, I'm, I'm struggling with, with something. Bam, they're just going to let me have it because that, that's what God does. He just lets people have it. Jesus, he knew something had happened. He, he'd felt the spiritual power go out of him in some special way. He knew that someone had, had reached out and touched him a, a, in a special way. Here, here's the deal. The, the, it ends with this little beautiful statement. He didn't say to her, you know, don't ever touch me again. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. And that name daughter right there, 
As best I could tell, it's the only place in all of the scriptures where Jesus says that to somebody. Says that to a woman, daughter. It has this, well, just hearing me say daughter, it has a beautiful tenderness to it. Who touched me? You see, let me, let me just tell you something. That's the Jesus that I love for people to meet. The Jesus who says, hey son, thanks for reaching out to me. Hey daughter, thank you. Son, daughter, son. Uh, let me tell you something. That's, that's the God that we long for people to do life with. He loves you deeply. You are his sons. You are his daughters if you've given your life to him. And if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, let me tell you something. If tonight's the night you reach out to Jesus, you're not going to find somebody who's going to give you both barrels. You're going to find somebody who's going to go, wow, come on, son. Your faith has healed you from the sickness of sin, the disease of sin. That's the, that's the God that we long for you to meet. If you're here, in just a moment I'm going to pray. You can go into the altar room and our pastors, elders, spiritual leaders are going to be in there. And we'd love to talk with you, pray with you. Maybe you don't own a Bible. We've got one for you in there. We'd love to, to, to give you your own copy of the Word of God. Let, let me say this. Next weekend, Lord willing, um, you know, if God doesn't come back or I don't die or whatever, um, we're going to begin a, a brand new series. We're going to kick off this new season of life. You know, school started up, and so a lot of your kids are in school, or uh, maybe you're in school. Uh, maybe your grandkids are in school. This is kind of a, a new season that happens, it's kind of in the rhythm of our lives. And so I'm going to begin a brand new series next week where we're going to find out how you can truly be happy in this life. We're going to look at the Beatitudes. And I want you to be here. I want you to be praying all week. You can read them in Matthew chapter 5. Maybe you have a friend. And uh, you got to invite him here. And we're just going to look at all of these beautiful things that, that God tells us. You want to live a happy life. You really want to be happy in, in just your own personal life, happy in your marriage. You want to be happy at your job, happy in your career. You want to be happy in your home. You want to be happy in whatever it is you do. He's going to lay it all out for us, and it's, it's pretty clean, and it's, it's just a beautiful time. So I want you to be here next week. Everybody, everybody stand up, okay? Father, thanks, Lord, for a chance to be here and sing and watch people being baptized and hear their stories of faith. And Lord, thank you for the chance to give. And Lord, for this little vignette of this woman. And what a great story, just a hero to us, Lord. 
Thank you for loving her and caring about her and making sure that this story was included in the word. That when we reach out to you, you don't let us have it. That's a great moment in our lives and it's a great moment to you too. And may, Lord, many go into our altar room tonight. God, give us a great time out on the patio listening to Jared and some of his music, God. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. Hey, Lord bless you. Okay, live for Christ.